Hey everybody, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show, what was your childhood dream? And uh, what age did you give up on it and why? Today we're going to be talking about the importance of our dreams. Is it possible to dream big and do big things in our pragmatic day-to-day lives? We're talking about it after the news with Sam McCall. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. A Philadelphia jury has found abortion doctor Kermit Gosnell guilty of three counts of first-degree murder for ending the lives of infants born during abortion procedures. Gosnell could now face the death penalty. President Barack Obama is sharply rebuking the IRS for supposedly targeting conservative groups during last year's election season. The president says if claims against the IRS are found to be true, those responsible will be held fully accountable. On top of growing outrage about the emerging IRS scandal, President Obama is also trying to defuse growing dissent surrounding how his administration handled the attack on the U.S. Embassy in Benghazi, Libya last year. The president says claims of a cover-up are nothing more than a sideshow. Police in New Orleans have released photos today they hope will lead them to a suspect in yesterday's Mother's Day parade shooting, which left 19 wounded. Two children who are among the wounded are both doing well. Lawyers for accused Colorado theater shooter James Holmes are back in court today to change his plea to not guilty by reason of insanity. The judge is expected to grant the request because the charges against Holmes could carry the death penalty. In world news, rescue efforts in Bangladesh are nearing an end with the death toll from the garment factory collapse breaching 1,100. The collapse is the deadliest industrial disaster since 1984. In Syria, troops loyal to regime President Bashir Assad have retaken a strategic town on a main highway near Damascus. However, rebel forces continue to make gains in the northern parts of the country. In lighter news, U.N. officials have a new plan to help with the fight against world hunger, eat more bugs. Edible insects are being promoted as low-fat, high-protein food for people, pets, and livestock. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your guide on the side, your coach, your life coach, coaching you through this crazy thing we call life. Welcome to the program, everybody. We got a great, a great one for you today. Don't know what accent that is again, but I'm pulling it out. And we today's going to be an interesting show because we have a new board operator for a little while. Our very own Aaron Evans is with us. Aaron, yes. what what did you do to Skyboy? Well, he's in Hawaii, so I don't feel any sympathy for him. <gasps> That's right. But, you That's know, right. he just he told me I had to take over and yeah. be here in the studio. For those that don't know, um, Skyboy has always uh, had a dream of going to the World um, Hula Championship, which is in Hawaii right now. And so this is a dream come true. He's there. He's going to be competing. He's he does the hula like you can't believe it. Nobody can make the grass move quite like Skyboy. So he's away. We're gonna miss him. He's gone for how long? Through this whole week. So I guess we'll be back on Monday. Yeah. I think. And it was heartbreaking when you told him he couldn't sing Mele Maliki Maka yeah. in the summer. Yeah, that was yeah, that was sad. He might anyway. He'll sing it there. He better. Um Merry what is that? Merry Christmas? Yeah. It just doesn't work outside of Christmas. 
it's awkward. It's like Feliz Navidad. You don't just throw that out in the middle of the summer. You know? You with me, Bryce? It seems like it just doesn't work. Period. Especially because no one knows what you're saying. And it's the wrong time of year. Yeah. But don't you think um, don't you think Skyboy has a chance of winning the Hula Championship? Not in the least. Really? Not in the least. Well, I'm trying to give him hope in case he's still listening to the show. But you just shattered the hope. Um, realism is useful. Well, it's not that he's bad at it. It's just there's some really good hula people out there. Well, he's pretty bad at it, too. I mean, we love him. He just... Well, it's not like he hulas at work. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. You just, Not when you're around, because you're the boss. See? So, apparently I'm not the boss. But so Aaron's filling in for him. Aaron, we appreciate you dressing normally and oh. acting like an adult. I'm trying to, you know. Skyler just set the bar so high. Um, <laughs> he totally did. Uh, you know, we love Sky, and we're going to miss him. But I'm sure we'll hear we'll hear about his his fun tournament. It's good stuff. Hope so. I'm going to bet that he gets sunburned twice. <laughs> twice. I'm going to bet he's going to be hospitalized with about <laughs> a half hour sunburn. Bright red. <laughs> He'll be dehydrated, and they'll just be filling him full of fluids. He's going to be a piece of jerky. That's what I'm getting. <laughs> he's, he's just going to come back. He's going to look like a piece of jerky. Piece of jerky. He, uh, in fact, I told, I told him, be careful, because you get burnt there very quickly. And he says, I know. He says, I'll wear sunscreen. I'm like, no, you probably ought to keep your clothes on, because he will be a piece of jerky. You know, redhead, fair-skinned. Cute little sky boy, missing him so much. So he's part of the he's part of the show, no matter what. Whether he's here or not, we're going to speak for him, and that's one of the things we like to do on the show: is speak for the people that aren't here. Like that's why none of them ever dare go on a trip because they know we'll talk for him. Um, but on the show today, we've got a really cool subject, which is about dreams. Do did you have a dream? Think of it. Growing up, did you have a dream that uh, as a little kid you wanted to be an astronaut, let's say, and go to Mars and be the first person on the first trip to Mars and um, and and make this great excursion like Bryce had wanted to do that? Is that a childhood dream, Bryce? No. Mars Mars has become the – An adult dream, just as you've dealt adult. with more people. Yes. The more time I've spent on Earth – the more I know that we're doomed. So um, I'll just go somewhere else. <laughs> another planet, another place. You're negative. Uh, lived on Earth, so... Wait till you see Mars. <laughs> you think Earth is bad? It, You're going to hate Mars. It seems quiet there. Yeah. Do you know how hard it is to even get a Panda Express on Mars? There's not going to be one... There's not going to be one Chinese restaurant for you. Yeah, I can get it shipped in. No, I, I can grow my own stuff and make it. How's that? Those dollar menu items go up in price very quickly when they're shipped. Yeah, you're in trouble. It's just 23 million miles. That's all well, it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, how long does it take? Three and a half years? No, it takes it takes how, about six months to get there. Oh, is that what it is? So it's only a six-month trip. Right. Well, and some and of the we all know, last. We all know McDonald's can last that long. So, Well, plus, if you just call the right Chinese takeout, Someone will get it there. <laughs> no, no. Someone will get it there in about four months. Yeah, they'll guarantee it. Right. But you got to make sure you tip. The 30-minute well. price guarantee on pizza, though, excludes certain parts of town and Mars. <sighs> well, that's a neat dream, even though it wasn't yours. Um, so my daughter got married. I don't know if any of you heard that. Yeah, she was married. And um, that was a dream come true for all of us. And she's beautiful and Married. So so wait, what was the dream? That she would get married or that someone else gets to deal with her? That was my dream. Okay. That now she's not my problem. And I mean that affectionately. 
right after I affectionately say you are someone else's problem now. <laughs> right after my sister got married, my dad got in the car and he was like, and she's off the payroll. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen because every time she comes to our house, ever since she went away to college, she comes in and she's like, are you guys going to eat this food? And I'm like, the food in the pantry? Yeah, we are. Oh, because I, I, I would like some. And I'm like, well, okay, go to Costco because they have a lot of it there. So I'm pretty sure she's going to keep coming around and saying, are you going to use this piano? Do you need this couch? Yeah, are do you, you need this couch? Are you sitting in it right mm-hmm. now? You know that car that we have in the driveway that's yours but I drive? You think you're going to need that? I mean, if you're not using it right now, yeah. like, can I, yeah. can I just take it? So I just look at my son-in-law and I'm like, good luck. I, I, have fun. We are here. We love you. Just don't come back for a while. Go spend some time together. I, that was my professional advice. Go be together. Be away. Don't hurry back. Hurry back, though. When you do hurry back, hurry back and clean the room out and get, not to be rude, get your stuff. Get the, yeah. And we'll even give you some Costco food. Get your own place and then I don't want to see you mm-hmm. for a while. But they're love. I mean, think of it. That is like a dream come true. For a girl, my daughter wanted to be married from, I don't know when, from the age that she thought she was a princess, right? And that, you know, Prince Edward, what was his name the, in the, the Little Mermaid? Prince er- oh, uh, Eric. Prince yeah. Eric, Eric, yeah. So ever since Prince Eric and the the Kiss Me song, all of that made her want to be married and so now she's married boom bing dream come true see it works you have a dream when you're a kid boom now you're married then there will be this other thing that comes in about it's like what follows the boom is another boom boom when all of a sudden you're like what the heck what's happening here why are we why is life not perfect do you remember oh you guys don't anyway it'll happen Anyone out there wait, knows that. Wait, but my life is already not perfect. Yeah. So you're saying I skipped a step? Yeah. Or? Well, everyone that gets married kind of thinks it's going to be perfect because now they've got the perfect person. Well, boom's the wrong sound because I I don't want to speak for Bryce, yeah. but as somebody who also doesn't have a perfect life, instead of it being a boom sound, it's it more be? kind of the sound of trying to pull a trailer down the street with no wheels. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. Kind of yeah. This constant. It's like the piano falling sound. Dragging. That you just, you know, like a scream. And you just decide to ignore it and just keep moving forward. And well, that sounds negative. Well, it's just you know dreams. They just you know. But see, don't, lo- they don't happen. Well, some do. You had a dream to be on the radio, and look at you. That's true. That one panned out. Boom. Oh, sorry. Scratch. <laughs> the other dream to build. It's like a freeway, but bigger. Of we course. go from San Francisco to Washington, D.C., straight across the country. Like, is West. it elevated? No, I think you could put it at grade. It might be places you have to elevate it. But instead of a 12-foot-wide traffic lane, imagine it's 24 feet wide. That's so you could wander. So you can then up the speed limit to about 120 miles an hour. Uh, just one lane? Uh, no, No, at least two or three each way. But really wide. So, and, that and we could just... so then we could cross the United States at 100 miles an hour. 120. How fast would we get there? Have you uh, figured this know. out? Twice as fast as you can now. Uh, depending how you drive now. Because, I mean, I could do it now. But, but it's not going to happen. Because others, it was going to be ramrod straight. Yeah. And I've realized for environmental reasons, you can't do that. 
Well, yeah, you end up hitting, I don't know. Mountains and... And plains. National forests. Yeah. Yeah. Lakes. So, so some dreams just don't happen. You, you outgrow them. Well, maybe you just need to change your dream. Maybe your dream needs to grow up. Not to be rude. Well, but how do you change that dream into something that could actually happen? Also, I think it would cost about a trillion dollars. Hovercraft. Hovercraft. <gasps> no. You know what all – no. You just need one of those um, sun rides. What do they call them? The, where you sit on like a, like a gondola. We, we could go do a gondola all the way miles across. an hour on a gondola. Sure. Yeah. Shut the door and turn it up. Let's go. They're bad enough you, you're at an amusement park or Disneyland and you're on those things and the cables sitting there bouncing you along yeah. and you're going about two miles an hour. So, Yeah. So you're, now you're putting down my dream. My dream was to have a, a national gondola. 120 mile an hour gondola. Yeah. Yeah, I think I passed right. And it stops that. for five minutes every state, and you can go get cookies and drinks if you need one. Yeah, but doesn't the gondola is a big cable, so everybody has to stop hanging midair while yeah. you unload everybody. Yeah. That'd take forever. No, it wouldn't. I've calculated. It would take seven minutes. But then it goes, it goes 900 miles an hour. Yeah, I think uh... – I think we need to do some engineering on that before we uh, obviously I'm not, that. A, I'm not an engineer, but um, okay. So that was your dream. Your dream is a, 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 a freeway across the country, ramrod straight, coast to coast, twenty five foot way, uh, wide lanes. Okay, you know what, Rob? That's a weird dream. How old were you when you started having that dream? That was uh, ninth grade. Okay, messed up. You should have been thinking of girls. Well, I, yeah, and you have the girl in the car with oh, you that's going. It. Oh, that's how you get the man. girl. Okay, I was yeah. wondering where you, okay, you're just going to pick her up. Yeah, because the girl would she's see She's in the, Jersey. She's, well, she'd see <laughs> this thing go get and her go, in Jersey. oh, wow, look what you've got. Wow, look at this freeway system you've Ramrod Strait, coast Ramrod to coast. Ramrod Strait, is that what you're calling it? I don't know. Okay. No. Well, that's a dream. Let's. See, does Merritt have a dream? Does, does your dream, first of all, Merritt, involve um, any type of freeway structure? Um, well, when I was about four years old. I wanted to be a taxi driver. So I don't know <laughs> if that, that counts. You know what? Okay. Will you make a note? For our next show, we need to have a dream expert. A dream expert. Because I'm pretty sure the taxi dream has <laughs> hey, got some pretty hey, profound. It's, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty good one. I was what four was years it old, that you wanted? I wanted a yellow car. Okay. You and liked I yellow? I to drive around in a big city. I thought it sounded like the best thing. Had ever. you ever been in a taxi? No. At that age? <laughs> I had most definitely not been in a taxi at yeah. that age. Okay. Because that, that's telling. Yes. Yes. Because if you had been in a taxi, it'd be interesting to know if you still would want to be a taxi driver. You know, actually, as I've gotten older, I've, I went through, you know, my parents would tease me about it. Yeah. But now I, I think sometimes that it wouldn't be that bad. No. Like, what could be bad about a taxi? No, you're just going to, like, hang around in New York. And yeah. And drive. just in the middle of the summer. Yeah. With your back sweat and stuck to some no, seat. No, I think it sounds kind of awful. I mean, you'd probably meet some cool people, oh, yeah. but most people just don't want to talk to you. Did so. you, um, when you were thinking through this dream, did you ever think of like having a beaded seat cover that's like beaded? So no, that you it could... didn't matter as long as the car was yellow. I was four, and that's about as far as my you intellect just, would cover. You just wanted a yellow car. A yellow car. And you just knew taxi drivers had those. It's true. They well, do. Um, so are we not going after that dream anymore? Not anymore, no. Why? No. Did it bum me out? It's like too real, too hard? <laughs> it's probably what will happen, like if we're going to, you know. Yeah. I'll probably be one of the starving artists who ends up being a taxi driver. Well, but, but nothing wrong I, with that. We need it. No, and no, you'll finally true. get your yellow car. I'll get my yellow car. Do you have a car now? What color is your car now? I, I have a car right now. It is a, it's a purple car. Oh, boy. It's a minivan. 
Whoa. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of taxi drivers have vans That's now. true. That's You're true. only one Earl Scheib um, photo. What do they call it? Earl Scheib paint job away from having a taxi. There we go. This is... Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's make so your my, wildest my dream come true. falling apart little van. Because we're bringing on our expert it. is going to teach us. And he's, we're going to use you as an example. <laughs> you have the vehicle. All you need is the, the beaded seat cover and a yellow. We just need an Earl Scheib paint job. Are they still in business, See, Ron? this is all my life's problems are well, solved. I, I don't even need to finish college. We don't no. even need Earl Scheib. You go down do to the hardware store. Yeah. I think uh, 20 cans would do it. Yeah, 20 cans of paint. Some masking tape. Because you, you want, you know, the What win- color is the, the interior? Gray? It's gray, isn't it? Of, of my van? Yeah. It's like nothing. What? It's 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 stains. It's the car we had. It's when stains. It was growing up, yeah, it has like ice cream stains on okay. the ceiling. Then it's the perfect cap. You know, there that we is go. a taxi right there, stained. And so all we need to do is like put vinyl, vinyl all over the seats. So you're stick. You got to people. You got to kind of stick in the car. <laughs> Obviously. And you got it. Well, I mean, you don't want anyone slipping out. You no. don't want right. people falling no. out of your right. cab. This is you exciting. Want them, you want them sticking. Merritt, we can make this happen. I'm so excited. And like, then you, there we go. You can you can fit your schedule around your work and around your school. There yeah, cuz plus they they don't I don't know if they have a lot of cabs down here in, I don't in think Orem. they do. We'll see like I'd probably have to charge like a penny a mile to get any business, but yeah. I would be Well, no, they charge more than that, don't they? they uh, 10 cents a mile. Well, they charge that, but I don't think here anybody would pay for that. Well, charge them. What you ought to do is say five cents a mile and you get a cookie when we're done. Ooh, there we go. See? Okay, I'm making this happen. I'm so excited. I am so, I'm so excited. I'm excited that you're excited because I was afraid you gave up on this dream. I, I might have, but I think you've rekindled it. It's back. It's back. You have the van. That is, that's like, that is the, <laughs> that is the Earth's way of saying... Let's make this dream happen. It, <laughs> you, the the dream was a attra- you attracted that van. Okay, okay. Well, now, now ask me this. I also want wanted still want I yeah. guess to be a philanthropist. That's what mm. I told everybody I wanted to be when I grew up. Does okay. that mean that all the money will be attracted to me? Well, if you if you start running your taxi, <laughs> if for I start sure. To, there we go. It's it's baby steps. Okay. Let's okay. get the we'll taxi the up taxi. first. <laughs> Then you can be a philanthropist. First, you need before you can be a philanthropist, you need to have money. Well, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So taxi. It's kind of like wanting to be a taxi driver without a taxi. <laughs> but you've got everything it takes. You've got a nasty interior van. Now you just need it to be yellow. There we go. Mm. Who knew life's problems? Merit, I, you know what? This fixed. is huge. There we go. And I don't know what you wanted, Bryce, but I don't even know if we have time for it. I gave up on dreams years ago. Yeah, that's right. I stay in the real world. Yeah, how's that working for you? It's a little depressing, but I like it. <laughs> it's just the way I want it. It's a lot depressing. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're talking dreams. We're bringing on an expert. Andrew Sidaway is going to be joining us, and he's going to teach us the power of a dream and how to make a dream a reality, how to take your dreams you know, and get some results on the back end of all this dreaming. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. For fans of old vinyl records, there's a new trend in computing that's similarly retro, the return of analog computing. This is Innovation Now. 
bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Spend some time around audiophile music fans, and invariably, they'll bombard you with reasons why their vinyl records and tube powered amps make music sound better than compact discs and digital audiophiles. Their main argument is that the process of digitizing sound takes a smooth analog curve and breaks it into discrete stair steps represented in ones and zeros. No matter how tiny and numerous you make those digital stair steps, it's still not as smooth and warm sounding as the original analog curve. Now, NASA Goddard Space Flight Center and DARPA are working together on analog computer components that may seem like a step backwards from digital devices. But analog computing doesn't just process a one or a zero. It can process all the values in between that one and that zero, expressed as a probability. And what analog circuits can do is process a lot of inputs in parallel instead of one at a time. And they do it using less power and many fewer transistors than digital. Just the thing for driving precision mirror optics and compressing audio and video more efficiently, but with greater fidelity. Turn it up. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Isn't it time for a little good on your Twitter feed? Follow us at BYU Radio to stay connected with BYU Radio hosts, to keep updated about your favorite shows, and to stay current on Cougar Sports. Just follow BYU Radio on Twitter and keep talking about good. And thanks for listening to us here at BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. Welcome back, dreamers, to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend. Today we're talking about making your dreams come true. How you take a dream, you know, something you've thought about, something you've always wanted to accomplish, and how to get some results on that goal, that dream. And we'll be bringing on an expert next block to talk about that. But before we do, Rob has done a little bit of research for us on two of the most common, I guess, educational dreams. Well, how many people say, I want to make it big and be an attorney? Well, how many used to or how many do today? I think people even still. Do they? Oh, yeah. Well, they don't know what an attorney does. One of the big jobs, right? That's a hard job, yeah. I was talking with a girl who was an attorney last night on the phone, and we were talking about it. We realized it's professional hazing. Oh. Initiation. It's like having somebody tape you to a shower. (laughs) Only worse because this takes seven years. Yes, it's seven years of taping. That's interesting. So it's like they're taking it out on you to see if you'll survive. Yeah, they want to beat you up before they let you in the club. It's a fraternity. That is a fraternity hazing approach. But how do they beat us up? Just by work? Well, they look at everything you have to do to become an attorney. Yeah. So first you have to prepare to even go to law school. So that means four years of an undergraduate degree in something semi-relevant, right. good grades. Mm-hmm. And then you have to study for the LSAT. Yeah. Or the MCAT, if we're doing med school. You have to take the LSAT. You have to study for the LSAT again. Yeah. You need to retake the LSAT and keep doing that over and over and over until you get there. Unless you pass it and do a good job the first time. And then apply to law school. And you have to balance finding something that's ranked high enough that will let you in, but priced low enough so you can go. Mm. Then you're at law school for three years. And they create this environment that uh, it's, it's very expensive. But then they tell you you can't work. Yeah. And then they create the GPA mental intimidation 
model environment. Right. I say, well, only 10% of you are going to get an A. So that means at the end of the semester, 90% of the class is crying. Yeah. Well, except for the, maybe the 10 or 20% of the bottom who just don't the care. Crazies. Yeah. The mental anguish leads to an environment where you're studying 25 hours a day. You risk dropping out at any time. You have to do externships. It's free slave labor. And finally, you have your Juris Doctorate degree. You make it to the end. Bing! And then you have to take a bar exam. Oh, another test. Which is like 90 hours long over yeah. a million days. It's at your expense. If you fail it, you have to take it again. And then you have to go find a job. And then you discover that they've been graduating about 100 people per job. Mm. It's not that bad. It's maybe two people per job. Still. Still pretty bad. Yeah. And then, but while you're applying for the jobs, your student loans start kicking in. So you have to make payments. Oh, boy. $1,200 a month or whatever. Sounds like hazing. And so then there's pressure. Do you go corporate to pay your loans down? And at some point, if you've had enough of the hazing, you say, I don't want to be a lawyer. I'm out of here. Well, it's not like you can just pack up and fly off to Fiji or something, just live on the beach because the debt now you have debt. You too. Well, but so check this out, though. Isn't that at least you got your dream? Right? Sort of. So it's, your dream, all it is, is you got your dream. I up, mean, up to that point. Well, the worst part about this is at the end of all of this, you have to go work as a lawyer. Well, but that was your dream. See, the difference is like if I want to be a basketball player, there's no had, there's no school. Right. There's not hazing to be. I mean. I, wanted, I mean, I guess if I wanted to play true, pro this, ball. This skull's chopped up into bite-sized pieces. Well, and at least it's a but test man, that a I can those, go access. Yeah, well, a lot of them are. A lot of us can't go access there. the NBA draft. It's still better than being a doctor, is it? Well, a doctor, it's everything you have. Uh, the lawyer, except that you have to actually take a useful undergraduate degree and learn yeah. something hard like biology, right? Because the MCAT's hard. Where you actually. You know, the LSAT, you can be really clever, and you can just get in and go, oh, yeah, I get the logic of it. I'm, you know. Yeah. And MCAT, you really needed to know chemistry, biology, math. <laughs> and then you have to apply to med schools, and unlike law school, you're just lucky to get in wherever, and wherever it is, it's going to be terrible. you don't even expensive. get a pick. You just get, like, say where you'd like to go, but they tell you where you're going. That's mm-hmm. interesting. That's kind of hazing. And I've never heard of people getting into law school who had to go volunteer in South America for free at their own expense at clinics just to try to impress somebody to let yeah. them in the law school. But med school, that's common. Yeah, they got to hmm. – Med school's four years long. Ugh. And then when you're done, you're not, you don't just take an exam. Yeah. You then have to do a residency. Well, you have to do boards. You have to do all your board certification and everything you do. And then the residency could be up a year. seven years depending on yeah, what you're depending doing. on specialty. And then you get to go find a job, and then at that point, life... And then you cash your checks. Well, except that you still have to start at the bottom. So after 10 years of climbing your way to the top... Well, yeah, but the bottom of medicine might be better than a lot of other... You know, I was actually just talking with Bryce before the show. You know what job is the perfect balance? What? And just slides under the radar because it sounds so boring. What? Accountants. Oh, yeah. Decent wages. Yeah. Nine to five hours. Good benefits, well, until good pay. April, May, you know, January, February, March, April, you're kind of busy. Pl- but plentiful jobs. Yeah. And yet the schooling's not that bad. But how, come, not, how come none of us do it? I think it's because it's hard. Well, it just seems so boring. I think it's, I don't it want to go be. fight Microsoft Excel every day at work. Well, I think every day? that's what we're going to run into is that this whole dream idea, we all like them until we got to go through med school. So that's the test. You mm-hmm. called it a, um, a, a hazing 
I call it professional initiation. But I call it testing because every single person that comes up and says, I would love to be a speaker. I'd love to have a radio show. How do you do that? And the minute you tell them what I had to do, they're like, okay, never mind. I don't want that dream. See, I think it's we, we make it so hard because it's hard. Dreams are hard. All the people who do it just want to keep the newcomers out. That's right. Keep everyone down. Keep everyone down. We're talking about making your dreams come true. Do you have a dream that you've had, a goal, something you've always wanted to do, and you just don't know how to make it happen? Well, stick with us. We're going to come back with author Andrew Sidaway, who's going to teach us how to take a child and get your children dreaming and help them grow up with those dreams and make them a reality. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Here at BYU Radio, we want to create shows that connect with you. So if you're listening to one of our talk shows and hear something that resonates, call us. We want to hear your questions, opinions, and stories. Our toll-free number is 855-CHAT-BYU. That's 855-242-8298. We would love to hear from you. Again, our toll-free number is 855-CHAT-BYU. Call in and share. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Just a few hours after announcing they could not come to a decision, a Philadelphia jury has now found abortion doctor Kermit Gosnell guilty of three counts of murder for killing infants born alive in his clinic. He could face the death penalty. President Barack Obama is sharply rebuking the IRS for supposedly targeting conservative groups during last year's election season. The president says if claims against IRS officials are found to be true, those responsible will be held fully accountable. On top of outrage about the IRS scandal, President Obama is also trying to defuse growing dissent surrounding how his administration handled the attack on the U.S. Embassy in Benghazi, Libya, last year. The president claims a cover-up is claims of a cover-up, excuse me, are nothing more than a sideshow. Police in New Orleans are asking for the public's help to identify a suspect from yesterday's Mother's Day parade shooting, which left 19 wounded. The photos do not clearly show the suspect's face, but authorities are hopeful someone will still recognize him. Accused Colorado theater shooter James Holmes is expected to change his plea to not guilty by reason of insanity today. The judge is expected to allow the change because the charges against Holmes could carry the death penalty. In world news, rescue efforts in Bangladesh are nearing an end with the death toll from the garment factory collapse breaching 1,100. The collapse is the deadliest industrial disaster since 1984. In Syria, troops loyal to regime president Bashir Assad have retaken a strategic town on a main highway near Damascus. However, rebel forces continue to make gains in the northern parts of the country. And in lighter news, U.N. officials have a new plan to help with the fight against world hunger. Eat more bugs. Edible insects are being promoted as low-fat, high-protein food for people, pets, and livestock. That's the news to half past the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Oh, I love that song, old Disney. Uh, here's the deal. 
We're talking today about dreams. Have you ever had a dream as a child, like you wanted to do something big? You wanted to change the world. You wanted to run, be an ambulance driver. One of the people I've been talking to today wanted to be an ambulance driver. I wanted to be on an ambulance too, and I was on an ambulance. I made my dream come true. And then when I got my dream, I thought, what in the world am I doing this for? So we decided we're going to bring on an expert that's going to help us take our dreams. And this is, I think, going to help your kids, too. So be thinking about how you're going to go talk to your kids about this. We're bringing on Andrew Sidaway. And Andrew is um, co-founder and president of Optio Institute. You can find that at Optio, O-P-T-I-O, institute.com. It's a leadership and culture development organization. Uh, Andrew has an MBA and a Master's of Science in Leadership. Um, he's an expert in, in writing. He's an author. He's written like five books at least, huh, Andrew? Yeah, around there. Jeez, you're busy, busy. Chief editor, <laughs> co-author, and uh, we're just so excited he's here with us. Andrew, welcome to the program, my friend. Hey, thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. It really, this dream thing, we've all had them, right? As kids, we mm-hmm. all dreamt and dreamt. And it's, you know, it's a huge part of developing and growing up and being a healthy person is you've got to have some dreams. That's right. Which is really important because one of our guys here, Bryce, doesn't have any dreams anymore. For some <laughs> he reason, some help. he's lost his dreams. Yeah. So fill me in, Andrew. Uh, I mean, we don't want to be naive about our dreams and just think they can come true. Right. We have to work for them, apparently, right? Yeah, well, well let me back up. First off, I, you say I'm an expert in accomplishing dreams here. I don't know how I can help someone become a taxi driver, but I'll chip in 20 bucks for the paint job. Will you? Yeah. <laughs> That's about that all helps. it'll take, by the way. Yeah, you know, I, I really look at it introspectively. If we look at ourselves as kids when we grew up, you dreamt, yeah. right? We, we often hear that term, you're in, a, you're in your own world. Yeah. You know, in fact, Saturday, I was out doing some yard work and my four-year-old son had about a 10-foot-long piece of sprinkler pipe in one hand, a foam bat in the other, and a branch under his arm. <laughs> And he was fighting who knows what. I mean, he was going at it. I don't know what he was dreaming, what he was envisioning. But based on the intensity, he was, he was definitely saving the was world. Was he winning? Did yeah, he look like I, he was winning? Well, until he recruited his brother to fight the <laughs> villains as well. But, you know, we dream as kids. And there's some, at some point, there's this transition of society tells us what to dream. Right. Or I would even say society tells us you don't need a dream because they're unrealistic. Yeah, give it up, pal. Right, yeah. It's just not worth it. And it gets to the point where... You know, if you want to be the photographer, you definitely hear, ah, that, that's not going to pay off. Yeah. How do you provide for family? Oh, yeah. Or, no, you know, I mean, how do you bring yeah. in the income? Well, or any job. I mean, really, every job's going to have the naysayer. And yeah. it seems like, sadly, the naysayer comes from inside the job, right? So somebody that wants to be a doctor, for example, ah, yeah, you don't want to be a doctor. Yeah, I've been there, right? I've you been don't a doctor, do yeah. Yeah, I like to call that social scripting, mm-hmm. where, where people tend to drive us in a direction based on their own social experiences Mm -hmm. and too often more often than not the dream ends before we start the pursuit yeah well and maybe it just might be simply that the dream wasn't something you really wanted i mean the dream was what you wanted ignorantly without knowing what the dream entails yeah like who wouldn't want to be a rock star that's right that's right (laughs) well until you get there and all of a sudden you realize i have a little anxiety and i don't even know how to sing and the hula dancing in hawaii exactly do you really stick with it yeah, it comes down to really finding out within yourself what that dream is. And again, referring back to children, I use that often because looking at my own kids and they're growing up in mine, you know, I dreamt of how many different layers of what I wanted to be. You know, I played right. with the, the toy jets, wanted to be that that, that uh, fighter pilot. And 
remember He-Man was big when I was a kid. Uh-huh. So, man, you wanted to be that superhero. But again, it comes down to that persistence and making sure society doesn't dictate what you're allowed to be. Well, which is why it's probably I wanted to be a fighter pilot or just a pilot. I thought, oh, that'd be so great. I just yeah. want to be a pilot and I'll get my pilot's license. And then I went flying with a real pilot <laughs> um, in in an acrobatic plane. And he took me on some maneuvers that I learned in about a minute that I never want to fly again. Yeah. Because it's not – it wasn't pretty. And <laughs> yet this guy, full-fledged pro, he is as big and good as you can be and actually trains Air Force pilots. And, wow. um But then you look at him and you're like, wow, he nailed his mission. He nailed his dream. And I guess – so maybe what it is is you got to get in, start tasting it. Keep the dream alive enough. Get some education on it. I mean, yeah. part of that it seems like the role of the parent, isn't it? To to kind of start showing you what your options are, your potential options are. Oh yeah, agreed. I mean, even if you take a step away from the parenting aspect, it's the entire support system. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting if you look in corporate America, where where we all work in one way or another, we're often given that job description. This is your job. Yeah. Don't play outside that box. Right. And meanwhile, you have this internal dream that's thinking, well, it doesn't fit that description. Yeah. But how can I do it when I live my job, right, 24-7? How does it work? So it's really, like you said, tasting the, the small wins, celebrating those. But it comes it comes down more to the inception of what is the dream. Yeah, and figuring out what is the real dream. Yeah. And I know you're going to walk us through kind of some steps to, to help us figure out what is the real dream. Um do you notice that it takes certain people to make their dream? Like, I mean, there's some people that have uh, less, they're more risk takers, it seems like. Mm-hmm. They're willing to, I mean, I had a job that everybody kind of wanted. It was a really cool job mm-hmm. and everyone wanted it. And once I kind of had it and had it long enough, I decided, yeah, I don't want this. Right. I mean, I, I wanted a version of it, but I didn't want to be the version where I did it for everyone else. I wanted to be able to do that job for myself. Instead of a company that yeah. hired me to do it, so you, you kind of bring up the point there where achieving that dream isn't always just a destination. Yeah, no. You know, you, you get there, and it can quickly turn into routine, mm-hmm. and it's still keeping that passion and the purpose and understanding the why behind yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. You know, if you if you look at, well, I would propose this really. There's a kind of a perception change that needs to take place where whatever our created past is. Right, what we've whatever done in it's our been, life, yeah. whatever it's been, whatever the uncertainty is in our future, or even whatever the critics say, or our support system says, or even our own scrutiny, it's it's really getting to the point of staying true to what's inside. I mean, that's the ultimate yeah. advantage in accomplishing a dream, right? What is it inside? You know, your example, Matt, you somewhat arrived at the dream, what you always wanted, a very unique position, but the dream somewhat changed, uh-huh. and you oh. wanted to fulfill it at your level. Yeah, right? and, and it changes. And, I mean, and it and it changes too. As it's almost like it has to change as you're in it. It's like it gets fine tuned once you're in it. Yeah, and you start realizing that maybe it wasn't so much this. It was maybe more about this. It was more about helping people than it was about that specific role. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It just reminded me of a a dear friend of mine. Known, I've known him for about twenty years. He wanted to go into the photography realm, yeah. professional photography. He lived here in Utah, born and raised here. And he's traveled the world since, but he was doing photojournalism. That was his passion. That's what he was going into. And he woke up one morning and said, you know, I'm kind of living the dream, but 
his dream changed, and he actually jumped into fashion photography. Did he really? Which is uh, vastly different. Oh, yeah. Well, the people are prettier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? Gets, gets a better onlook, right? Yeah. But uh, the dream changed in a certain level, but it, it really outlines how it's, it's a journey. Accomplishing the dream isn't you get there and it's done, check it off, and move on to yeah, the next, next to-do list. Right. It's really you fine-tune it, you make it larger, you make it more difficult – because once you have those quick wins, to your point, Matt, it's still about the growth, yeah. that internal power, the strength, who you are as a person, how you see the world is far more important than how the world tells you to see it. Right. And, and, and you want to – you start stretching all the boundaries of it. So you're now playing on the kind of the raw edge of this dream and creating it into something that, that is more uniquely, I guess, your offering. I guess that's part of what you're going to have to teach us, isn't it? We're talking with Andrew Sidaway. He's the president and co-founder of Optio Institute. I'd go check that website out, and you can get all of his books there. He has um, The Choice of Leadership, his one book, Small Wonders of Leadership, Purpose Matters, and The Colonel, K-E-R-N-E-L. Four books right now, but they're coming out with a bunch of new books as well. Every every year you guys are putting out a lot of books. Yeah, you know, we kind of – we call it an institute because we want to be that think tank. Yeah. You know, we have – a gentleman back in Indiana authoring a book of his story as, as being a Marine, his upbringing, what he learned about leadership. Uh, several of the books you just mentioned. We have a great author, James Morrison, mm-hmm. uh, Purpose Matters, outlining some of the experiences he's had. We have another gentleman writing some books on coaching. So it really comes down to it's not about one person. It's this institute of learning. Yeah. And, and Optio, to the point of accomplishing dream, the, the name of the company itself is it's about the choice. It's the Latin word for making a choice in life to become what you want to become. Yeah, so unless, I mean, your parents can make the choice for you. <laughs> oh, mine have, right? They're there. And then all of a sudden when they're gone, you know, who's going to lead it, right? Yeah, right, when you have to be an adult now at age 30. Grow up, dude. It's no longer what mom and dad, I mean, that's a, that really what it is. It's some of this is that as parents, as people, we crush everyone else's dreams mm-hmm. or we force them into a dream that we feel has to be realistic. Yeah, or, you know, I mean, it's, it makes sense. Like, son, you got to make money. Right. You got to provide. And they're right? like, no, I just want to make music, dad. Yeah. Okay. In, in fact, I, uh, when I was watching my son on Saturday fighting whoever he was fighting, his make-believe world he was in, I really thought to myself, I never want to stop that dreaming. No, right. As menial and as, as trivial as it might be as a four-year-old to him, if he can continue that path of dreaming and going after what he dreams— that to me is being a parent. Yeah. Right. Not defining what my dream is for him. Right. Because I'd love for him to be a professional sports player so yeah. I can retire. Right. That totally. And Wouldn't be that rich. be great? Or just L- let, let him go battle all these guys. He's <laughs> That's right. But uh, yeah, it's really do we understand not just in accomplishing our own dream, but the role we have, as you said, Matt, of being that support system? Because inside, everyone has a dream somewhere. Huge. Oh, think of that. Are you out there dampening the dream? Are you throwing a cup of cold water all over somebody's (laughs) dream? What's it like to be married to you? There's some questions. When it comes to having a dream, are you one that that emboldens it, strengthens it, makes it more of an opportunity, something that can happen? Is there hope? Or are you just a cold, wet blanket that – now, people would say, I'm not a cold, wet blanket. I'm just realistic. Yeah, that's right. Realism, which is that cold, wet blanket slap in the face. That right? is. And yet we also have to get results, right? I mean, people have to get results. So we're going to come back with Andrew Sidaway from Optio Institute, author and uh, coach, and just 
you know, writer extraordinaire. He's going to teach us the skills, the tools behind making a dream come true, making a dream a reality. Uh, and uh, we'll get into that when we come back. We're talking here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Engineering students turn obsolete technology into advanced learning tools with a microfilm projector in Africa. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Teaching kids to read can be tough. Teaching them to read and write by the light of one sooty flickering kerosene lamp is really tough. But for thousands and many less developed nations, that's what's available. Kids and adults who want to go to school work all day, then take night classes by lamplight. But that dim lamp only burns for 15 minutes, and it's just bright enough for people to use one at a time. Engineering students at MIT designed a system called Kinkajal to help solve the problem. Kinkajal may seem primitive because it uses repurposed ViewMaster lenses and a spool of microfilm as its database and presentation system. But microfilm is rugged and cheap to produce and holds 10,000 pages. Plus, the LED light built into the projector lasts 100,000 hours and can throw a very bright picture 3 meters wide. That lets teachers spend more time teaching and students learn more. The Kinkajal gets recharged by a solar panel by day and runs for hours at night. Tested in Mali, students using Kinkajal outperformed regular day or night school in every way. This toy could brighten the entire continent's future. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. What do you want to know? Kim Power Stilson has a whole list of things she wants to learn about. On her show, Talkworthy, she invites you to join her as she interviews expert guests, learning new things along the way. It doesn't matter if the subject is a serious thought provoker or just plain fun. If it's Talkworthy, Kim will cover it. Talkworthy airs Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Joined right now with Andrew Sidaway, and uh, Andrew's the president and co-founder of Optio Institute, a leadership and culture development organization. He goes out and specializes in designing and re-engineering, launching corporate learning platforms. Uh, but he's also an author and loves to write and um, learn. He's One of the things he's going to be teaching us today is how to take a dream and... Uh, Make it go somewhere. So it's not just a fluffy cloud that we live on, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I hope it's not the fluffy cloud. There's a lot more to do than that. But really, I think if we look at square one, I call it the inception. And I'm not talking you yeah. know, the Hollywood movie. Yeah, not right? the movie. That, let's not get lost there. But really looking at, you know, in a book that's it's coming out shortly, if you could imagine yourself walking into a room and you see this hourglass sitting upon a table. And that's all you can see. That's the only thing visible. It's right there. It grabs your attention, and you zero in on that. If you could have the realization in this inception that there's a trade-off of time, mm-hmm. right? For every grain of sand that comes through there and finds its resting place, you have exchanged something in that moment for that time. Yeah. And it's really that inception of understanding the value of time, that it's a commodity, that it's something you can't return, it's something you can't replace, you can't exchange it. What's done is done. 
kind of, I think, creates a different level of motivation. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you're saying, if I recognize that time is ticking um, and every second is an exchange of me and time. Mm-hmm. And so I guess you're saying you want to make sure if you're if you're if you're losing your time in life. I mean, you've only got so much time. Right. And if you're losing it, you're you may be losing it on something that absolutely isn't relevant. To yeah, you. isn't worth. Well, think of this. When was the last time you thought, man, I wish I could. Yeah. Or, man, I've always dreamt of doing yeah. X, whether, again, it's uh-huh. Hawaii, a taxi driver, being in an ambulance. Hopefully he's the driver. <laughs> yeah. But. There's always at least, I would say, once a week in your mind where you're thinking, man, I wish I could do that. Wouldn't that be cool right? if I could? Yeah. yeah every, in fact, every time I, I see a violinist play, I think, man, I want to learn to play the violin. Mm-hmm. So it's in my bucket list. I want to get there. But if we had that, that visualization that, again, we're trading every moment for something, I think we start to, to live each moment with a little more yeah, oomph, a little more gusto. Right. We start dreaming of what could be versus what was, right. where we've been. So that's really the inception, understanding what is it that makes you tick inside. Mm-hmm. And, you... and you need to know that, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I had a son, um, we were watching, he just loves YouTube videos and he makes up his own and they're pretty awesome. And um, But he looks at the people that he kind of models his career after he's 16 and he he just keeps saying, the other day he just says, oh, I would love to just be able to do nothing but play music and make YouTube videos. Yeah. And my fatherly head says, yeah, well, get over it, <laughs> get a life. But yet um, he also has you can see that when he's in his niche there, he really is. He's kind of one with himself. Yeah, he's there, which is a great point. You see that light. Uh-huh. I mean, let, let's be soft about it. Let's say that you when someone's pursuing that which they love. They glow. Right. There's something about them where you say they just get it. Yeah. They have that it factor. Well, it's because they're going after what they love. Right. It's fulfilling every day. They, they almost have that ability to look past the barriers. Yeah. Whether it's the barrier of dad saying, right. oh, YouTube videos, please. Yeah, right. That fat has come and gone, right? Exactly. But yeah, it's finding that really that light inside of you that says, this is what I want to do. And I'll add it. It's really defining your own level of greatness. It's not defining it as the world would. You know, if you have the goal of, simply being a phenomenal mother, a mm-hmm. phenomenal father, a friend. It might be a professional goal. That's your goal. That's your greatness. Yeah. There's it, something about you that, that's, that makes that important to you. Yeah. Right. And the world may say, you know, Matt, what you're doing, Andrew, what you're doing, that's not the right level of great yet. Yeah. You, you've got, you could do so much. Yeah. Better. You haven't sold as many books as yeah. Person X or, you, right. you know, you don't have as big or small of an audience. And it really comes down to if, if they're, they're perceived mediocrity of who you are, yeah, is what you're accomplishing. That that's far better than that kind of fake smile you have to put on on a daily basis. Right to do something else. Yeah, to to do what everyone else has told you to do. So that's the inception, forgetting the barriers, knowing who you are, and going through with it. Really. Well, I, and it doesn't have to be. It seems like we always make it about something so tangible. Like, I want to be a movie star. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I sit there and I think, okay, right now there's a bunch of truck drivers listening to us. Yeah, and. Thank you, by the way. Yeah. It's a hard job. It's a very hard job. And they might be sitting there saying, well, I didn't dream of being a truck driver, maybe, but yeah. some probably did, and that was the greatest dream ever. Um, but they may have just dreamt, I just, but I love what I do. Yeah. Like, I love, but so so part of the genius of the dream might not be what you do. It might be just what you bring to it. 
You know yeah. what I mean? It might be just the fact that you love to have a new horizon and a new goal and you go accomplish it and you do it brilliantly with the most efficient time possible. Yeah. I and mean, that could be your that could be your gift. Yeah, you know, in fact I had this discussion just a couple of weeks ago with a leader in an organization. He said, Well, this isn't a dream industry. People aren't in this job because it's their dream. Right. I said, Yeah, but you can still create the dream environment. Yeah. Right. You can still live a dream per se, even though that wasn't the initial dream. Again, I'm not right. a fighter pilot. Right, right. Like I wanted. Right. I couldn't handle it. Right. Well, you'd be thrown up. I'd be thrown up. I'd rather be here with you, Matt. <laughs> That's right? right. But it's creating the environment where you're still progressing mm-hmm. and have that light from inside saying, hey, I'm a truck driver. I love it. I'm going to do the best at it. I'm going to be the number one in this area. I'm going to accomplish this while I'm driving. I might pick up photography so the the few hours I do have a day, if I'm not sleeping, I can take a great I can picture. take a picture, or yeah. you know, I can write a letter to a, a school kid yeah. that might want to hear from a truck driver. Whatever that right. looks like, it's still going forward, pursuing the dream regardless of the situation. And, and constantly, I guess, too, part of the inception, I guess, is is pushing yourself to 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 keep looking deeper and deeper into what you're doing and how it relates to who you are. Yeah, I, I really call it that belief in yourself. Yeah. Again, the, the world. And even our own scrutiny of how we judge ourselves against the, the greatness of others. And we always, you know, we hear we compare it, our worst to their best. Yeah, right. That's pretty common. But that belief in yourself and, and within there, there's something I call creators and consumers. So the mindset, different areas, different things that drive us to create our path mm-hmm. of accomplishing our dream, they're the creators. Right. And, and the three key creators really are, are your hope, right? Hoping that the path you're on is going to pay off confidence in who you are, mm-hmm. that the skill sets you have will either already be there or you'll develop them along the way. Right. And then really looking down at action, taking the action you need to get there. Because often the consumers, right, that doubt yeah, or the insecurity of, oh, I'm not good enough to do this that. Is, yeah. You know, my neighbor's better. Yes, the, the grass is green on the other side, right. right? And really, even if you have the hope and the confidence, there's still the hesitation, which is, again, that consumer. It causes you to put it off thinking, I'm not capable or I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. I'll run that marathon and, you know, next year my, my back's kind of bothering me. Right. Or, you know, I'll do the 100-mile bike ride, but I'll put it off. There's still the hesitation with the hope and confidence. So the hope is kind of like you hope you hope to become something. My son hoping to become a YouTube, you know, piano player. Yeah. Um, is that is that what we as humans kind of put the damper on everyone is we kind of blow their hope up? Well, you know the odds are one in a million. Yeah, you yeah, I'd agree with that. In fact, you know, that same son that was fighting the bad guys in my backyard plays soccer. I'm his coach and phenomenal little player right. for four years old, right? I yeah. mean, they're swarming against the ball, right. survival of the fittest kind of thing. Whoever can stay standing will score. And I was talking to my brother-in-law and his response is, well, you know, because of his birthday – and he's kind of a year later than others. He's not going to be as good and really has no chance of making it even in high school. I thought, wow, thank you. Thank you <laughs> right. for blowing up all hope. Right, not that I had a hope. It's right. a four-year-old playing soccer. But that's the world, right? They, mm-hmm. they come in and they say, hey, you know, chances are that's not going to work. Yeah. Go get a business degree. Go be an attorney, right? Go through the professional hazing to get your right. education. Right. But yeah, that hope is that first step. And again, that's where I say, it's almost at a selfish level. Yeah. Find it within yourself and don't let others crush it. It's almost, and I don't you think sometimes keep it quiet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like keep it away from everyone else that's going to be a naysayer. Until, interestingly, um, like if your son started becoming this really good soccer phenom and mm-hmm. all of a sudden was amazing, 
yeah. and was getting pretty confident about it, um, sometimes that reignites the hope that others may have dampered, right, or put a dampen on, dampering on. So, I mean, it's interesting. These three points go together, don't they? Hope, confidence, and action. As soon as you're acting enough, your confidence goes up because you know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that could reignite the hope later. So I guess join – focus on any of those, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a cycle to it. That's the belief in self. And I would say the majority of the time, 99% of the time when you're not pursuing or accomplishing your dreams, these internal aspirations, mm-hmm. the barriers in one of these three areas. You yeah. don't have the faith in yourself. You, yeah. you kind of doubt. You don't have the hope. You have the insecurities. It puts you in kind of in that yeah. box. You feel like you're alone yeah. in a sea of people, yeah. whatever that looks like. But in those three areas, is if you can figure out the hope, the confidence, and take action, that's where you hit the, the strength. That, and that's where, that's where you kind of nurture that seed of that dream. Exactly. I, I totally agree. How many times have you done something for free? Like I started speaking publicly for free. Yeah. So And then I would just go speak to youth. And then that kind of kept the dream alive. And right. then I spoke for free at Franklin Covey where you had worked before. And that got me a job. So yeah. by doing it. For free, acting, where there's no payback except the benefit of living a dream, even if it was just in thought, not yeah. in payment. But it, it made it happen. And then your confidence goes up. And then once your confidence is up, then you start – I mean, you can go either way. Huh? You can yeah, go yeah. action to hope or hope to action. And you bring up a critical point. The, the reward isn't always monetary. Not yet. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes never. Yeah. But, yeah. but usually the better you get at anything, it may, it's going to buy you time. Yeah, which is really isn't that why we use our money anyway? Is to man to buy our time. I mean, where where are you going to use your time? Yeah, you know, it's, we we go if we're not pursuing our dream, we go, we do the work, we do the routine. We're kind of down. We don't have that full gusto in life, the full passion. If you're married or in a relationship, you go home, and it's kind of life. I would say has kind of that blah factor. Yeah, yeah. And you save up all this time and money to take that one vacation, or or to go to that one place you've been dreaming of. It's the constant reminder that what you're doing, behavior X, will eventually give you your dream. Right, right. Which, again, drives that hope. It's huge. But, you know, at some point, you have to get to the point where there's the belief in others. Yeah. Right? Because eventually, if that that self-absorption of your own dream becomes Mm self-defeating, right? Because you think, oh, it's about me. I got to be the best at this. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. You have to have that belief in others. And that's really where, you know, I say there's that breakthrough or the breakdown. Yeah. If you rely solely on yourself... That's the breakdown. Yeah. Because your strengths don't always get you there. Right. I hope they would. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> right, in a perfect but yeah, world. But not but, always. You know, relying on others in the different relationships, that belief in what others can bring to the table to help you. In fact, there, there's even the the creators within that realm as well, belief in others. Let's, let's do this, Andrew. Let's come back. We're talking with Andrew Sidaway, who is the co-founder and president of OptioInstitute.com. You got to go check out that website, Optio, O P T I O, Institute.com. Optio, Institute.com. And uh, we're going to come back with him, learn more about how to create the breakthrough, uh, not the breakdown when it comes to our dreams. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU FM, HD2 Provo. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. 
Just a few hours after announcing they could not come to a decision, a Philadelphia jury has now found abortion doctor Kermit Gosnell guilty of three counts of murder for killing infants born alive in his clinic. He could face the death penalty. President Barack Obama says claims about the IRS targeting conservative groups unfairly will be investigated. In a statement, he said if there is any group that needs to be unbiased, it needs to be the IRS. The Associated Press is being notified the Justice Department has obtained and reviewed nearly two months of phone records from the organization in secret. Apparently, Justice Department officials are trying to discover how AP found out about a terrorist attack before the information was public. Police in New Orleans are asking for the public's help to identify a suspect from yesterday's Mother's Day parade shooting, which left 19 wounded. The photos do not clearly show the suspect's face, but authorities are hopeful someone will still recognize him. Accused Colorado theater shooter James Holmes is expected to change his plea to not guilty by reason of insanity today. The judge is expected to allow the change because the charges against Holmes could carry the death penalty. In world news, rescue efforts in Bangladesh are nearing an end with the death toll from the garment factory collapse breaching 1,100 making it the deadliest industrial disaster since 1984. In Syria, troops loyal to regime president Bashir Assad have retaken a strategic town on a main highway near Damascus. However, rebel forces are continuing to make gains in northern parts of the country. And United Nations officials are urging a new initiative to help combat world hunger, eating bugs. Insects can provide a low-calorie part of a regular diet with as much protein as lean ground beef. That's the news to the top of the hour for BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. We're back with the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. Today we're talking about dreams and how to take a dream and, and turn it into a reality. We have with us today author Andrew Sidaway, who is uh, the founder and president of Optio Institute, um, which is a leadership and culture development organization. They work with organizations, you know, creating design, designing and reengineering, um, you know, corporate learning and teaching in, inside of organizations. Go check out their website, optioinstitute.com. And today, Andrew is trying to help us understand the importance of the dream. Three three parts you've kind of started talking about. The inception is where you figure out what your dream is, mm-hmm. kind of get into it, understand it, get over some of the barriers that are initially in your head. The next stage is believe in yourself. And you brought up there's kind of three keys to believing, right? Um, hope, confidence, not comparing, and action. Don't wait before you know the dream comes true. Correct, yeah. And by the way, every time... I just see it. I saw it. At, and you were bringing this up that if all of a sudden I was I was actually working at Franklin Covey, which is a training company where you worked, mm-hmm. and um, I was teaching the new higher orientation for free, just doing my dream. My yeah. dream was to become a speaker there, and um, everyone's like, "Yeah, well, get in line." Everyone wanted to be a trainer, <laughs> a speaker at Franklin Covey. And I was young, and um, but then all of a sudden, and I didn't have a ton of confidence. I just knew that I knew I had hope, but I didn't have the confidence that. But I, but I kind of was starting to get good in my head. Like mm-hmm. I can do this. I can yeah. do this job. But then having someone else see it, when someone else confirmed the the good that you're doing a good job, which happened to be, by the way, the new um, director of recruiting. 
for trainers. Okay. He just came through my class and he's like, dude, you're, you can do this. Yeah. And the minute he gave me, because of my action, I got new confidence because now I got the director of recruiting at the company saying, you're pretty good at this. Give me a video and let's get you in on the next round of hires. That minute that happened, game on. Yeah, that's your breakthrough, right? Right there. And there, so there's the breakthrough. Boom. The third part. Yeah. Versus relying, a breakdown. But I yeah. had 10 breakdowns before that. <laughs> hey, as long as you got back up. That's right. right well, the yeah. Proverb there. Yeah, you know, it's, it's that breakthrough, even looking at a, something over the air like this with an audience, there's a whole slew of people that go into making it possible for the Matt Townsend to be on the radio. Oh, look at right? them all. I know half yeah. of them are sleeping right now. Phenomenal individuals. <laughs> I'm motivated, right? Yeah. But hey, you know, there, it's that breakthrough factor of understanding I can't do it on my own. L- let's even look to your point, Matt. Everyone's always trying to get in shape, right? Yeah. Weight oh, loss. Yeah. Oh, it's obviously a big I industry. Hate that. Bad dream. But it, uh, it it starts with a hope. Yeah. But how much better do you feel when someone says, man, you're, you've lost some weight. Yeah. You're looking good. Bing. Exactly. And you think, yeah, I have. And I'm going to tell you that whole story. You may not care in that much detail, right. but I'm going to tell you everything and I'm going to see you as a support system. That's cool. Yeah. You're, you're now a person I'll rely on. So that, that's similar in a breakthrough with any goal, any dream. Which is a role that we all have to play. So we can go out there and kind of be a dream supporter. Yeah. I don't need to... I don't need to crush my son's dream, and I don't have to make my son's dream happen, but I could just support it. Yeah, it's kind of being that that light to the person versus a a judge of what they should be in the dream. You know, but within the belief in others as well, though, there's the creators and, again, the consumers. Yeah. So the three key, just like hope, confidence, and action and, and belief in yourself, the key areas within belief in others is your faith, whether it's another person, a supreme being, yeah. whatever that looks like, compassion. And then really the forgiveness. Yeah. Right. Because you might like, believe in another person. It. Yeah. Right. But they might drop the ball just like we all do. Yeah. But it's that faith, the compassion, and the forgiveness within that belief of, the, of others that allows us then to take the dream further. Mm-hmm. If they're not acting on a dream, so I have a lot of people telling me all the time they want to do stuff, mm-hmm. and then they never seemingly do it. Yeah. So is that just then, I guess, a lack of confidence or a lack of faith or hope? What is that? I mean, because I would always just say, well, it seems like you don't really want it. Because yeah. the minute you tell them how hard it is to do, a lot of people are like, ugh. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want it that bad. Yeah. You know, it's a great question. I think it's it's much more broad than that. I wouldn't say there's an isolated yeah. factor driving right. why someone doesn't and someone does accomplish a dream. In my opinion, I think often they don't have the full inception of what the dream means to them. Yeah. You know, I think it'd be cool to to be a movie star, right? How fun would that be to go make a a movie on a green screen and the world sees it and there's action and you're a hero, but I don't have the dream strong enough to pursue it. Right. So there's almost different degrees of what is the dream and where do I place that within the realm of my life? Right. Yeah, I guess you have to, yeah, you have to dig it deep enough in your head to make it worth doing. I have a lot of dreams, but, uh, you know, I also got three kids at home, a, a wife, phenomenal wife, by the way, if she's listening, right? <laughs> she get better some, be. Get some points That's there. That's right. Bing. But uh, those same dreams, do I do the bedtime routine at night Yeah. in the dream of being a father, or do I sit down and write in a book? Yeah. So I might be pursuing a more important dream at the time, which unfortunately there's that exchange of time, right? The right. trade-off. Every time. But I still have that belief in myself. There's still the action. It might be tomorrow night, but it will happen. Or it might be at midnight till right. 2 a.m., right? It's that different level of how strong have we had the, the inception of the dream, the belief in yourself, 
the hope, confidence, and action, and then again, that belief in others is critical. You can't downplay that. No. Too often, you know, we see a dream as we have to do it ourselves or it's never going to happen, where more often than not, that's the, the destruction of the dream that's right. in itself. Others can help you. I guess there is a point where you do have to get it into your day, right? Your mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Your routine. You know, I, I look at it like this. I, I mentioned my son at the beginning. I turned back and was continuing the yard work, and I looked back at a moment or two later, and, you know, again, he had recruited his brother that was sick. And my my other son, his older brother, had a fruit by the foot in one hand, eating that, and a, a, a garden shovel in the other. And he same fight. I mean, they were both living this dream world that they were fighting. But my younger son knew he couldn't make it happen without the older brother. Oh, wow. And that was his own world he had yeah, created, yeah. right? I mean, that wasn't even a realistic yeah. dream. That was whatever battle he was fighting. But it's so true for us, right? I, I know personally, I have a lot of hope in myself, a lot of confidence, mm-hmm. right? We all have our insecurities, right. but I, I try to act and try to move forward. But I know without a, a wife, my wife particularly, my, my kids' support, you know, my father who, who joined me here today, there's a whole support system and belief in others that there's still that realization that they help us get there. Yeah. They make it possible to have that dream realization. Right. You know, the full scale of... Maybe we have that breakdown, but our belief in others reminds us, you know what? You are phenomenal. You do have the skills. Don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. Kind of those, those pep talk moments, right, Matt? And we so, beat ourselves up, don't we? Yeah. But so having these people around us, I mean, maybe that's the easier way to do it is get other people enrolled in our dream. Yeah, I, I like looking at it that way. Because then all of a sudden, when you're down, they can still push. Yeah, and you know, I, I tend to, to sway away from the the term of setting the goals. Right, right. Right, because those, the, those yeah, are goals heavy. Frustrate they the are people. unaccomplished. They, we, we say we want to go to X to Y by when, and we're going to do this and do that. When it fails, we think here it goes again. When, when dreaming, it's a nonstop process. But yeah, if we can help others fill our passion and our mm-hmm. dreams, that, that's the power. That that's, gets down to the communication. It gets down to the relationship building and the recognition that when I accomplished my dream, you could think back of every single person that made that possible. Yeah. And it's even that much more sweet and that much more rejoiceful when you can say, you know what, Matt, at one time I sat on the Matt Townsend show and he helped me accomplish a dream. Yeah. Right? My, my name was out there, heard a little better. Or, you know, I partnered with a person overseas and they made it happen. Or I partnered with my, my spouse and she made it happen. There's all these different layers that we have to get there. But we have to find that dream in ourselves, yeah. And that's really the call to action to the audience is understand who you are regardless of how the world sees you. Right. And what you've got to bring. I mean, if you don't mm-hmm. bring it, it's not going to happen. Yeah. If, I mean, well, yeah, Dr. Lara will do it. <laughs> not like me or not like someone else, right? No one can right. do it the way you can do it. Well, and that's why the belief in others is that second step. Mm-hmm. There's a sequential order. You have to have that first step of the belief in yourself, ironclad, a resolute understanding that it's my skill set. It's my talent. I can do it. I'll fine-tune it. I have that hope, confidence, and take action. But again, the second step is others will now help me oh, yeah. to get there. If that's the first step, good that's luck, huge. right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not going to happen. Oh, yeah. Plus, I guess, too, also noticing when it is happening. I mean, it's funny that little things are happening all the time that are substantiating your dream, that are showing you, I mean, you have websites, you have books, you have shows, you have all this stuff now, all of a sudden it's, and people are saying stuff and there's signs that it's happening 
Mm-hmm. But we don't always read that because that's not the final sign. Right. We wanted that final sign. I wanted to be on the Ellen show, someone once told me. Well, I'm like, well, okay, so you're <laughs> not close. on the Ellen show yet, right? Yeah. You're just on my show. But you'll get there. Just, I mean, you're, there's a, that's a sign. You're yeah, making sprouts. It. it takes the time. But you know what's great about it is, again, looking at that exchange of time, if you can look at yourself, whether it's hourly, nightly, and say, you know what, today I progressed towards the dream. Right Today, I spent even 30 seconds with my brain thinking about it. Mm-hmm. That's a victory. Yeah. Right? Because so often we get in this routine and it becomes monotonous. We don't have the passion. You know, I, I look at my wife who's a stay-at-home mom and does a phenomenal job, a harder job than I'll ever have. Right. I don't know if that's her dream, to be honest, to deal right. with the crazy and clean right. a house. But you know what? She has this passion because there's purpose behind it. The dreams that come from what she's doing on a daily basis creates that passion to move forward. Yeah. It, it removes the routine and it now becomes, okay, how can I impact three kids' lives? Right. Or how can I support my husband? Or how can I build my own dream as an interior designer that she would love to be? You know, there's overlooking the routine is still that opportunity to kind of take a higher level of elevation and realize what you're doing should be pushing you towards your dream. And if it's not, that's where you have to go back. Yeah. Visualize that time, that hourglass, that time. What are you wasting? What could you accomplish? How much time's left and what do you need to do? I love that. And it's, I mean, the dream will, the dream will evolve, right? And it's kind of like, uh, what's the name of the principle? There's a principle called the principle of adequatio. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's, uh, so it's basically you can't know something until you're prepared to know it. Hmm. You can't receive a knowledge or a witness or an idea until you're prepared to receive it. Yeah. So adequatio is the pre- the preparation stage where you're being prepared. I always think of it as like you're having the space etched out of you mm-hmm. to hold the knowledge. Yeah. And um, so all of a sudden, if you're sitting here, you might think your dream is something like you're I mean, your dream is to be an author. And, yeah. and and you're an author, and now you know you know that you know the dream of being an author is kind of shallow in a way. Unless <laughs> I guess if all you care about is having written a book, like, but I guess do you want people to read the book? Yeah, reading and then would do be you nice. want and do you want it to be something that you really are motivated about, or and what level do you want to reach, and how many people? So it's kind of like. Um, it's almost like when you take a few steps into saying, "I'm going to be the author. I'm going to do an author. I'm going to be an author. I'm going to write a book." Then all of a sudden you get into it, and then it starts etching away more information. You're like, "Well, okay, uh, do I want people to read the book?" Right. Because like I can't remember, three hundred thousand books are written every year. Oh yeah, there's millions out there. And so, um, okay, so yeah, I want more than ninety people to read the book. Yeah. Then you get a little further in, and then you start realizing more. So it's kind of like as the, as the dream goes, the dream. It, the 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 dream emerges. Yeah, you know, I I kind of look at it like this. Think of the last time. Well, if you if you celebrate Christmas, whatever the holiday might be, the birthdays, you, you spend this money and it's this beautiful, perfect gift you want to yeah. get your child or your your loved one, your friend, whatever it is, and you just envision how they're going to open up this gift and play <laughs> with it. And you know, like my kids, they open up the box. They dump the toys out and they build a fort out of the box. Right. Right? Yeah. And you're thinking, you're like, no, oh. don't, don't you see that awesome present inside, <laughs> exactly. right? Dream with that. Yeah. yeah. So to your point, Huge. yeah, it's, you have to be ready for the dream and see it, but it's about chipping it away. So yeah. my, my son and my, my daughter that. might play with the box and not understand the full potential right. of what's inside, 
But you know what? A year later, they might find that toy again out uh-huh. of storage and think it's the greatest gift ever. Right. Or not. Or not, yeah, or they might but, hate it. But <laughs> in, in, interestingly, though, it made it changed you. Like, oh, okay. So that was my dream. Yeah, exactly. My dream was how they would play with the toy. It wasn't their dream. Right, which is that dream process. The uh-huh. inception within us is, yeah, we might have the dream, but we don't understand it to its full extent. Yeah. You know, for example, writing a book. Yeah, I'm an author, but what does that mean? Yeah. It was fulfilling. I accomplished a dream. But yeah, if one person read it, really the goal of the books and the, the premise of what they're based on, it's... I hope it impacts a life, yeah. right? I mean, the goal, the dream there isn't just to have it collect dust. It's hopefully right. someone reads that and says, I want to go after my dream. Yeah. Or I want to become a better leader. I want to create the right culture in our organization. So it's about the ultimate journey that you're on, not just that destination of the not one just dream. That one dream. So the, let's go over the, the points again. So the inception is kind of the finding out what the dream really is, Correct. clarifying it, getting it deep, profoundly in your head, right? Belief in yourself um, is is to be uh, kind of a creator, not just a consumer. I Correct. Guess. Find the things that help you create that dream. Okay, cool. And that's also hope, confidence, and action. Yes, sir. Live on those lines. Breakthrough versus breakdown. Yeah, the breakthrough is when you, you find that faith in others so you don't become self-defeating, and the breakdown is where you rely solely on yourself yeah. and you can't get there. And then, yeah, then you get stuck and trapped. And then last but not least is finding purpose within the routine, the daily routine. Yeah, that what you're doing matters. And actually right feeling path. it ma- matter. Isn't yeah. that, to me, I just had an event. I had a birthday part or a birthday, and it, was, it went out on my Facebook. My wife put it on my Facebook, and... You know, a lot of times you're so stuck in this stuff, you don't realize that it's actually happening. Mm -hmm. And um, we had a bunch of people respond, but I read them all. And by the time I was done reading, it was amazing how many things are happening. Yeah. And I thought, holy cow, I need to solicit more feedback like this (laughs) regularly. But you're saying daily you have to be seeing the vision, the dream, hitting the real ground, like the where the rubber meets the road. Right. Well, really, not just that, but understanding there's an opportunity within every day to exchange to the time happen. towards your dream. That's cool. Right? Because there's plenty yeah. in life to take us off the path of yeah. accomplishing our dream. Right? It, it's out there. It's nonstop. It's, and they're all logical. It makes sense why you're not keep accomplishing important, your dreams. They're right? important, right? I mean, you have to do them, but it's understanding if it's truly a dream and you have that inception, the belief in yourself the belief in others, and that hope to accomplish the dream yeah. drives you to find the time to go after it. Huge. Huge. Andrew Sidaway, you got to go check him out. Op- Optio Institute. Optio means what again? It's, uh, it's actually Latin for the process of making a choice. Oh, so it's all about that choice of whether it's leadership, whether it's communication, conflict resolution. It's making the choice to be your personal greatness. Love it. Optio Institute. Go check them out. Dot com. Optio Institute dot com. Andrew, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you, man. Good stuff. And honestly, four books and many more on the way. So uh, check these guys out. They are the real deal. The dream <laughs> coaches, I guess we'll call you. Yeah, that's right. Good stuff. We're going to come back, wrap up the show right here on Dreams. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I spy with my computer-tracked eyes how this technology will change lives for everyone. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Touchscreens were a breakthrough in computer interactivity. 
but we've seen the next step, and it's seen us too. They call it gaze interaction, which is a fancy name for tracking your eyes to determine what you're looking at and letting the direction and intensity of that gazing drive a computer mouse. The camera is built into the computer display, or in an attachment you add to the screen. Using algorithms that track the very fleeting movements of your eyes, and timing how long you look, as well as how wide your eyes get, the gaze tracker does a credible job of going where you think you want it to go. Many users claim it's such an intuitive way to drive a computer, it feels a lot like telepathy. One company uses a modified arcade game of asteroids to promote gaze control. Everything on the screen is eye-driven and surprisingly controllable. Applications for cars are in development to let you activate controls without taking your eye off the road and to warn that you might be dozing off at the wheel. That trick alone could save 250,000 drivers a year in America. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. I think that we need to draw these connections every single day. Get your day started off on the right foot. The Morning Show with Marcus Smith. Weekdays on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Talk about good. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show, Dreamweavers Edition. <laughs> That's a song, isn't it? Uh, we, I Just so you know, we are going to talk to Merritt. We're going to get that taxi cab going. We figured out that all she needs is about 20 cans of yellow paint. She's already got the interior perfectly decorated for a taxi cab. Appropriately. Appropriately decorated and um, gross, grossly decorated. As long as it's sticky. It's sticky. <laughs> And uh, we're going to make that dream happen with her. But before we do, our own Bryce Tobin here, um, he has he's kind of found something that he thinks may be a dream buster. And he, he just has been dying to share. It's all about spontaneity. Here's a little bit from Bryce Tobin. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce's right. What does spontaneous even mean? It's like the word fancy. The day that someone was given the green light to slap the word fancy in front of the word ketchup was the day that fancy became nothing. It's an unfortunate fate, but it could happen to any adjective used to describe the red watery sugar paste that we are obsessed with. But spontaneous is used less with food and more with socializing and dating. You hear it used like, I want someone who's spontaneous. And if this is the deciding factor in your reason for pursuing a relationship, congratulations. You might as well have just saved your breath and said nothing at all. Saying you want spontaneity is like saying you want someone with a sense of humor. As if anyone has entered the dating game and said, I didn't like that person. They were funny and that just rubs me the wrong way. It doesn't happen. So let's try and figure out what this really means. Whenever people manage to behave spontaneously, it's something totally reasonable but just unplanned. Something along the lines of suddenly deciding to go to the movies even though it's 10 at night. You know, the movies. An activity that can only be found from deep within the well of creativity. This kind of thing makes the best case for the fact that we've lost any clue as to what spontaneous really means. So this got me thinking. Spontaneous must be unplanned as well as ambitious. If it's just unplanned, then it's just irresponsible. But ambitious tends to be expensive when it's unplanned. And I think I figured it all out. Spontaneous can only be accomplished with vast amounts of disposable income. Let's imagine a little spontaneity. I'm in the middle of Utah, the closest 
this cool place that quickly comes to mind that I've never been to is Lake Tahoe. I could fly there, but I don't know what the airport situation is around there. And the last thing I want to do is fly there and then be up a creek without a paddle. So I guess I'll drive there. I don't really know the way, but between paper maps and gadget navigation, I don't think that'll be my biggest problem. Once I get there, where should I stay? I don't know anyone, so I'm going to have to spend money to stay anywhere. Or I could just sleep in my car, because that certainly would not be the overdone plot to any cheesy 80 slashers flick. Then what do I do once I'm there? Here's a recipe I'd like for you to mull over. Take a large batch of ambition, sprinkle on a little irresponsibility, and then pour on heaps of ignorance. And you have the real recipe for spontaneity. Fun fact, that ingredient list is also the same ingredient list for all of my hospital visits. So I'm there, but I have nothing to do. Even if I brought some number of people with me, I still don't know anyone there. So I don't know anyone there who has a plan. And if I'm alone, I'll have to meet people before I can find something to do. I guess there's hiking, but that's a little too slow paced for spontaneity. I guess there's boating, but I'd have to rent a boat, which I assume is expensive. And then on top of that, I don't know how to use a boat. Other than floating, I don't know what I would do. I could sit out on the boat, but myself sitting isn't very ambitious either. I could race other boaters, but I doubt my rented boat is going to stand a chance. I could water ski, but that also takes more equipment that I'd probably have to rent. And then I'd have to know how to ski and drive a boat while towing someone. And that brings us back to needing people because I can't water ski with myself. That turns into swimming. And once again, that's not ambitious. So really when someone says they want to date someone or they want a friend who's spontaneous, they just want a rich person who's irresponsible and maybe a little too ambitious. Sounds like fantastic criteria. Here's to an eventful life. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. So spontaneous, that's, you know, that's a form of your, that's your generation. That is absolutely. Because my generation, you had to get a job. It seems like your generation kind of liked the routine. Yeah. Well, my, and the generation above us really liked the routine. And the one above them lived and died by the routine. Yeah. So we kind of, we're probably more loosey-goosey than even our parents would like. And and it seems like that was kind of idealized. Yeah. Like getting up at the same time, doing the yeah. same thing. And you know what? My generation, we really vilified yeah, you the that. routine. Yeah. And you know what? The routine's nice because every night I do the same thing. I start brushing my teeth. Yeah. And then I do the mouthwash. Then you know your teeth are good. And, all right. Teeth are good. <laughs> and then I, you know, that like going to bed bathroom routine. Yeah. yeah. It's simple and it's really, really boring. But it's kind of nice. I don't have to. Well, that's the whole time I'm thinking, you know, spontaneous is great. So at my daughter's um, dinner the night before her wedding, we had a wedding dinner. And so here I'm the marriage relationship guy. So we had a hundred and something people in a room and they're all thinking, hey, I wonder what he's going to say. I mean, the marriage relationship guy. What's he going to say <laughs> to his daughter the night before? What's the advice he's going to give her? Honestly, I hadn't thought about it. You're right. And um in fact, that day I thought I probably ought to think about this. I probably I'm probably the guy who should have something yeah, profound, witty, uh-huh. profound. Yeah, that's a good word. But you know what? Spontaneous. I just kind of put it off, partially maybe because what do you tell your daughter? I didn't want to make it into a big. Deal. I mean, look, she's your daughter. She's not going to listen she's anyway. Not, I know, right? And she was high on love. But what I realized is I could be spontaneous because I had a pretty deep well of understanding. You had. Disposable income. I had resources. I had the yeah. history. I had practiced this. So maybe the key to being spontaneous is depth. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And maybe, so what's the key to depth? Action. Lots of routine. 
probably some routine action right. or even just un, uh, what's a non-routine action. But whatever it is, is you have to act. So I've done so many speeches that I've probably warranted the right to be spontaneous. And then when I'm spontaneous, it's usually better. But those people out there that have never done thousands of speeches, they probably ought to, they ought to freak out they ought to and they ought to focus. That. They probably put a routine into that. See, that's the dream. That's the way we do a dream. So a dream's not enough. A dream could just be, you know, fluffy spontaneity, hopefully. But you got to put something into it. You got to work. But it doesn't have to be regimented. But it has to be consistent. 10,000 hours, according to that one book. What was that called? Uh, Malcolm yeah. McDowell? Malcolm Gladwell. Gladwell. Uh, that one book. Yes. Um, Outliers. Outliers. There it is. You really ought to read okay. Outliers because that's how you make your dreams a reality. But it doesn't come from just being lucky. It comes from putting 10,000 hours into something. Good stuff, Bryce. You did it again. You are the man. And no wonder you're so spontaneous all the time. I'm the furthest from you are. spontaneous. <laughs> it's so true. You just thought all that through. Uh, good stuff. Appreciate you joining us today, folks. The dream, right? It's only as good as your action and your hope and uh, your work and everything else it takes to make your dreams come true. Please go out there. Don't let your dreams die in you. Uh, start sharing them. We all need a little bit of the love that you could bring to this world. And we'll be back tomorrow with more ideas right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. 